So Penn State football has a new offensive coordinator in place. How different are they going to look next season? I think quite a bit. Plus, Jonathan Smith kind of getting his feet wet at Michigan State. We'll check in on him. And speaking of the Spartans, what's wrong with the basketball team? We got all that coming up right here. Don't go anywhere. Got most of the answers. Other theories. Lockdown Big Ten starts right now. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Big Ten. I am Craig Sheeman. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day and today's episode is brought to you by fan tool make every moment more right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started so we are going to do a bit of a deep dive into penn state and how different their offense is going to look this upcoming season offense was the number one complaint of Penn State fans. So we're going to get into this. Jonathan Smith is climbing up a mountain in East Lansing, and they don't have mountains in East Lansing. He's got a lot of work to do. We'll talk about that. We'll check out on the Hoops team as well. They are struggling out of the gate. We'll have our Big Ten classics and schedule going into the weekend as well. Be sure to subscribe down below as we make that push for 5,000 subscribers and follow Locked on Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcast. That way you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. We thought today, after a few days have gone by here, would be a good time to look at Penn State and their recent offensive coordinator hire, uh, Andy Kotelnicki. Uh, He's the new guy there. And what it means for the much-criticized Nittany Lions offense for 2024 and our opinion on how this is going to work out with their present personnel. James Franklin and, of course, uh, Penn State, they had another great year. They had a great year. I know there's a lot of people that want to be critical of everything going on over there because it's not good enough, so to speak, right? Uh, second straight year, they finished the regular season 10-2. and two. I repeat that most schools would kill to have a 10-2 and two record. But for the second straight year, those two losses were to Michigan and Ohio State, the team the teams in front of Penn State and ahead of them when they want to take that next step, that that goal of the next step. These two teams are in their way. And in the eyes of Penn State people, the Nittany Lions were good, but just, just not good enough yet. So a lot of work still needs to be done. Now, although let's keep in mind, moving forward, it really won't matter as much because the four-team playoff college football is expanding to 12 teams and Penn State if they keep playing like they have they'll get in it every single year but even then Penn State would still have to beat Ohio State or Michigan at some point whether it be in the regular season or the postseason to get where they want to go and win any kind of championship the chief complaint about Penn State is that their offense they're just not aggressive enough they're not explosive enough it doesn't create enough chunk plays downfield it's not fast enough on the outside. You get the idea. All these complaints have been going on and on and on. We've talked about them. They're well-documented here on Lockdown Big Ten. So following the loss to Michigan, James Franklin, he fired offensive coordinator Mike Yersich. Okay? Just not anything going on. In fact, they were regressing as far as explosiveness. 
So their assistants, Juwan Cedar and Ty Howell, carried out the offensive duties until the end of the season. Did pretty well, actually. And um, presumably this will be the setup for their next game, which is the Peach Bowl, December 30th against Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Uh, after the regular season ended, and it would, by the way, it was a convincing win over Michigan State uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving out at Ford Field. James Franklin started dialing in some candidates for a permanent offensive coordinator. So uh, Andy uh, Kolonicki is the guy. He comes over from Kansas. In fact, he was under coach Lance Leopold for 11 seasons at three different schools. Just followed him around. They make a good team, good pair. And um, Franklin was able to pay a $700,000 uh, $700, buyout and get him to come over to Penn State. All he's going to do is come here and he's going to sit here for a month of December, attend meetings, get to know people, understand the culture at Penn State. And uh, then um, this is as they're preparing for the Peach Bowl. And then as soon as the Peach Bowl is over, he'll take over and start marching toward that, that spring game. This is the same approach that Franklin used with Manny Diaz um, a couple of years ago. So what is this new offense of, uh, of Kotelnicki's offense? What's it going to look like for Penn State? What's he known for? What did he do at Kansas? Well, actually, it's pretty distinctive, and there are some things we can look, out and talk, uh, look at and talk about right here. First of all, he's known for running a lot of the same plays but always out of different formations, really smoke and mirrors and getting you to look in the wrong way if you're a defense and then you get hit on the other side. It's, it's very complex, a lot of multiple looks, a lot of confused defenses, and it produces a lot of open guys in the secondary, which is something that is sorely lacking for Penn State, right? And more on confusing the defense. You know, Kansas, when he was there at Kansas, they ran a lot of, lot of pre-snap motion. People always in motion, shifting, different formations. It would drive other defensive coordinators nuts, actually. In fact, uh, one, uh, I think it was, was it the Texas, one of the defensive coordinators out there said that he was glad to see him go because they didn't have to prepare for him anymore. So it is confusing to the defenses, and it helps the offense read the defense a little easier. So expect a ton of motion in Happy Valley come 2024. Now, um, this um, this opens up crossing routes. It just does a lot of creative things downfield, and Drew Aller can hit all those, okay? He can make those passes. But Kansas also had a very mobile quarterback in Jalen Daniels. He can run for 100 yards a game if he needed to, and he even ran some triple option. That's not Drew Aller, okay? So that's going to be interesting to see how they tailor toward each other. Now, back up Bo Prabula. More of a running quarterback for Penn State, right? Maybe he gets some more playing time. I don't know. Because um, it did seem like Aller regressed a little bit as the year went on. But I, like I told you before, I thought he was overcoached. Don't turn over. Don't turn the ball over. And I, I just think he got, I think he got gun shy, to be honest. That's what I think. That was my observation watching Penn State football this year. So all this could be a big change for Penn State. Uh, at Kansas, they also ran some Wildcat. I could see that. I can see that with Nick Singleton and Katron Allen very easily, very easily. So they, they can implement that as well. So um, the point here is with uh, all the multiple formations in the Penn State offense next season, and um, the, the other thing that the Kansas used to do was you know implement quick passes, just drop back, read, react, and throw, you know, just quick. So they didn't get a lot. You know, they weren't sacked a lot. So 
these are the things I think you're going to see at Penn State this upcoming year. And a lot of these things, they could work for Drew Aller, I think. So we'll learn a lot more as we get to the blue-white game in the spring. I'm actually looking forward to the blue-white game in the spring more so than the Peach Bowl for Penn State. I don't know how you feel if you're a Penn State fan, but that's how I feel about it. I'm kind of more interested to see what the changes are going to be, not finishing out the season this year the way things are. Yeah, until then, it'll probably be the same old thing. By the way, speaking of the Peach Bowl, of course, we learned this week that Chop Robinson, defensive lineman, he won't uh, he won't play in the Peach Bowl. He's going to go ahead and get ready for the NFL draft. A lot of guys are doing that. Meanwhile, the transfer portal, a lot of news out there. As far as Penn State is concerned, not too much. Uh, punter Alex uh, Bacchetta, he's out, and receiver Christian Driver, he's out. But Penn State has a couple of interesting offers out there for a couple of receivers, and that's what they need. They need some playmakers and some some receivers. Washington State's Josh Kelly and North Texas's Jamori Macklin, they're playmakers. They're on the radar of Penn State. And also, Penn State is interested in Indiana receiver Donovan McCauley. Donovan McCauley is an interesting story. He was a former quarterback when he went to IU, changed to wide receiver, 6'5", 200 pounds, Made a couple of circus catches this year. And because Tom Allen was fired, he's looking at the transfer portal. He's looking at Kentucky. He's looking at South Carolina. He's looking at Penn State. He might even return to Indiana. That's on the board as well. But Penn State remembers him very, very well because in the Penn State game, in the middle of the season at Happy Valley, he had four catches for 96 yards uh, in that game. And he got their attention. And... um also, he had a touchdown in the game, too. And Indiana almost won that game. So uh, he had 48 catches, 644 yards, and six touchdowns throughout the season. Had a monster game back in the uh, Illinois game. That's a game that went overtime. Indiana lost a lot of points up there. He had 11 catches, 137 yards, and two touchdowns in that game. So he's very capable of having big games, continual improvement. And if he doesn't go back to Indiana, there's going to be – you know, it's going to be very interesting for somebody who can uh, who can get him. Anyway, how about your thoughts? We are out there, okay, Penn State fans. What do you think about the new offensive coordinator, the new offense? What are you expecting out of it? We'd love to hear from you on all of that. Uh, you can hit me up at X on Twitter at Talk Big Ten, also on YouTube as well. Don't forget our website, Talk Big Ten Number Ten dot com. We will look at how quickly Jonathan Smith is getting his feet wet at Michigan State. By the way, what is wrong with Michigan State basketball? This is a highly ranked team that is slow out of the gate. Plus a big award for Iowa football. It's a, it's a good one. We will talk about all that coming up in just one minute right here on the Locked On Big Ten. You know, you can score early and often this NFL season. What's left of it? Winding down. Hurry up because FanDuel is out there. It's America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about FanDuel, stop thinking. Just do it. Have all the fun that your friends are having. The app is very easy. You got a wide range of things for you to to play with, whether it be point spreads, player props, over unders. Got a couple hot tips for you here on some over unders. First of all, Thursday night football. When many of you are watching this on Thursday tonight, Steelers hosted the Patriots. That game is going to hit the hit the under. 
There could be any points in this game. This might be a 6-0 ball game, just like the Patriots had against the Chargers last weekend. Awful offenses. Uh, Bailey Zappi going against Mitchell Trubisky. It's going to be, and, and usually primetime Thursday night games hit the under anyway. I mean, it's going to be like an Iowa game or an Army-Navy game. By the way, hit the, hit the under on Army-Navy. I think it's 27 and a half. No problem. Keep it on the under. Anyway, these are the kind of things you can do. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the rest of the NFL season. Jump in on all the fun with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen each and every day, especially you everydayers. I never take you guys for granted. Thank you so much. Spread the word. Tell your friends we're out here. Share us. Meanwhile, uh, if you haven't su uh, subscribed yet, do that. It's free. You click it on, and it gets you in our Big Ten Club, and we meet every day. It's great. Um, that's on YouTube. You can share, follow, and like Lockdown Big Ten wherever you get this podcast. Lockdown Big Ten, your team every day. Quick note, I want to throw this out here. Wasn't going to talk about this, but things have happened today. Yesterday's podcast, we, in fact, if you missed it, Go back and check it out. It's the one right before this one, wherever you get your podcast. We talked about how Matt Rule, the head coach of Nebraska, was telling his uh, telling the media, telling his fans through the media, through a press conference last week, because everybody wants a new quarterback in the transfer portal. He's like, look, guys, here's the deal. It's a million, million and a half, two million dollars in nil money to get a quarterback. I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page here. We're going to develop our guys. Well, then I did a, uh, talked about how Kyle McCord at Ohio State was in the transfer portal and how he didn't want to go to another lesser Big Ten team, didn't want to end up playing Ohio State and all that kind of stuff, wanted to go somewhere else. Well, guess what? I suggested that maybe Matt Rule in Nebraska should call up Kyle McCord and have a conversation. Guess what happened? Nebraska and Kyle McCord are having a conversation. I don't know if he's going to go there. But they're talking, all right? That would change things radically for uh, for Nebraska, and I think in a good way if Kyle McCord wanted to go there. Anyway, just throwing it out there on the record in case something happens. We'll talk about it more, okay? A lot of negative attention this year around Iowa and their offense and offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz. But on the other side of the ball, the Hawkeyes were pretty special. And I don't think a lot of people realize how special they were defensively until we got about to the halfway point of the season. Um, that was one of the best defenses in the country, and it willed the Hawkeyes to 10 wins this season and, of course, an appearance in a Big Ten championship game against Michigan. Well, Hawkeyes defensive coordinator Phil Parker has been named the Broyles Award winner. Congratulations. That uh, is presented each year to the top assistant coach and all of football, college football. So sad for Iowa. You know, uh, Kirk Ferentz had, has to get rid of his son, Brian Ferentz, offensive coordinator here at the end of the season after the bowl game. But his defensive coordinator, best assistant in the country. That's pretty awesome, actually. He's 60 years old. He's been with the Hawkeyes for 25 years, just as long as Kirk Ferentz has been the head coach there. And Parker's been the defensive coordinator there for 12 years. This team only allowed 15 touchdowns in 13 games. It's remarkable. They've averaged giving up 13 points per game. That uh, ranks the Hawkeyes fourth nationally in scoring defense. So, And over a long period of time, they have not ever allowed 400 or more yards of offense to anybody in 27 straight games. 
that's the longest such streak like that in FBS football. So uh, the 20th ranked Hawkeyes play the 25th ranked Tennessee Volunteers in the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, January 1st. Now, as promised, let's talk a little bit about Jonathan Smith and Michigan State. Look, he's still getting to know his way around the Midwest and just East Lansing for that, although he's not spent a lot of time in East Lansing. He's got a lot of work to do. And he's arriving from Oregon State as the new football coach at Michigan State, but getting to know his way around the Midwest, he has never coached east of Montana. So he's learning that. He says he's going to use the Mike D'Antonio blueprint. He was two coaches ago about recruiting heaviest within a three to four hour driving radius of East Lansing. He says there's plenty of good football in that area. He's going to be all over it. And he's working to get to know all the high school coaches in the area and all that. Of course, signing day coming up in a couple of weeks. Previous coach Mel Tucker, he kind of focused on recruiting nationally a little bit, had a few hits and misses, but um, that's the strategy there. And Smith may also reach back out west out at Oregon State. He had a young four-star freshman quarterback, Aiden Childs, and he may try and get him uh, to come. He's in the transfer portal. Get him to come to East Lansing. And um, he'll also uh, have to reach out to some high school players that were already recruited um, either at Michigan and or at Oregon State. Some guys he was trying to get to Oregon State, he said, hey, let's change your mind. Let's go to, to Michigan State out of East Lansing. But and as far as his roster and inheriting the recruits that they already have, um, he better he better hang on to the players he's got. He's already got an exodus here. Fifteen players at Michigan State, including all three scholarship quarterbacks, have hit the portal. And as far as commits coming in, at least seven remain steadfast in their desire to come to East Lansing. One of them is four-star wide receiver Nick Marsh from River Rouge. So he's still got, in fact, he committed, uh, he said on social media, yeah, I'm, I'm still coming. I want to be a Spartan. So that's good. Something to build on there. And you know, while all this is going on, I mean, Smith's had the job all of what, two weeks. Also got to put a staff together. He's got a few assistant coaches, but not many. So he's doing all this on his own. That's what you have to do when you're a hire. And this is, this is the main reason why coaches leave their teams. They don't coach in the bowl game for their next team because they got, they got a lot to do with their new job. That's how it works out. Speaking of Michigan State, by the way, what is wrong with Tom Izzo's basketball team here? This is a very good team with a lot of good players coming back. They were picked in the top two in the Big Ten in a lot of polls, ranked fourth in the country. They're not hitting shots. They're not getting off the good starts of these basketball. They're falling behind early. Got beat badly at home on Tuesday night to Wisconsin. Tom Izzo thinks it's a preseason pressure, maybe getting to his guys a little bit, which I don't buy that because these are experienced players. They know what it's like playing day in and day out in the Big Ten. So I don't know what's going on. If you're a Spartans fan, let me know your best theory. We'd love to hear from you. Their next game is Sunday night at Nebraska. It's on the Big Ten Network. Meanwhile, Greg Gard's Badgers, that we just talked about, just pummeled Michigan State. With that win, they're off to a 7-2 and two start. They won six straight games by an average of like 15 points. They're blowing people out. They've not even trailed in their last two games. And that includes a victory over a third-ranked Marquette. So they beat third-ranked Marquette and formerly number four Michigan State. They're blowing them out. They don't even trail in these games. Look out for the Badgers this year in Big Ten basketball. They're red hot, although we'll see exactly how hot they are. They play top-ranked Arizona on Saturday. I'm going to be dialing into that game for sure. 
Big Ten action tonight if you're catching us on Thursday. Iowa's at Iowa State 730 on ESPNU. Also, while I have you here, I'd love to uh, remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's in addition to this channel. It's called Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, and it's got all the top sports stories of the day, local experts, Locked On Plus our national shows covering every league like us. This show is on there, too. You can always check that out. Uh, you can subscribe to that as well. And it's a 24-7 streaming channel, first one ever. All right, um, coming up, I'm going to take a look at our Big Ten Classics slash Big Ten schedule on the Big Ten Network coming up this weekend. Got a plan as we're headed to the weekend, which you're going to watch what's on live, um, some features that they have as well. I always like doing that. That is coming up in one minute right here on Locked On Big Ten. Do you know what Prize Picks is? Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's just you against the numbers. You grab a couple players by name, put some stats with them. You guess more than or less than on those stats. And if you're right, you win. For example, you can uh, I just referenced the Thursday night football game uh, a minute ago. Take tonight's uh, Steelers Patriots game. You can pair. Uh, Bailey Zappi and say less than two touchdowns and also Mitchell Trubisky less than two touchdowns. And if they, they both don't have a great day, if it's a six, nothing ball game, you win, you win. It's that, it's that easy. So um, go check it out at uh, prizepicks.com slash locked on and get yourself signed up today for prize picks. It's a lot of fun. Everybody's doing it. And um, again, that's uh, prizepicks.com slash Locked on. So let's take a look at what's coming up here this weekend. We got, uh, we always do our Big Ten classics. They're not sure as many classics these days, but they do have some features of the Big Ten Network, plus also um, some live games, multiple sports. We'll check it out and we'll put it on the screen here. If you're listening to audio only, we'll try and describe what exactly is going on here. We'll start it off with Friday. December 8th, 1 p.m. Eastern time. It's called the Big Moment First Night. You know what that's about? That's a look back at the first night game at Michigan Stadium and the Wolverines. Come from behind win over Notre Dame in 2011. It's one of the greatest games ever played. It's fantastic. Then at 1.30, the Journey, Big Ten football. That is an all-access look behind the scenes of the Michigan-Iowa Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis uh, just from last week. And then at 2 o'clock, Big Ten football in 60. That's where they chop up highlights, snap to snap. Takes 60 minutes to watch the entire game. All the highlights of the Big Ten championship game with Michigan and Iowa. That leads into Saturday, December 9th, Big Ten men's basketball. Florida Gulf Coast at Minnesota. There you have Florida Gulf Coast. This is their second Big Ten team they play. They opened up the season in Bloomington against the Hoosiers. Now they're at Minnesota. Not afraid to play the big boys. That's That's good. At 2 o'clock Eastern time, Big Ten uh, women's basketball. Nebraska is at Michigan State, followed by 4 o'clock. More women's basketball. The Lady Hoosiers of Indiana are at Rutgers. And then uh, following that at 6 p.m., Big Ten men's basketball, Ohio State at Penn State. And then that leads us to Sunday. We'll start it here at 2.30. Big Ten women's basketball, Caitlin Clark, Iowa at Wisconsin. 
So check that one out. A lot of people watching the uh, Lady Hawkeyes. Very entertaining. And at 4.30, Big Ten men's basketball, Michigan at Iowa. Closed out by uh, 6.30. More Big Ten men's basketball, Michigan State at Nebraska. Those are some of the things you can watch here this week. Remember, there's no football other than the Army-Navy game. That's it. We're watching hoops. We're flipping to hoops. It's the quiet before the storm for the Heisman, which is also Saturday night. It is, and by the way, we'll feature that tomorrow and Marvin Harrison's chances on that. We'll do a deep dive and uh, and check that out as well. So uh, so Heisman talk tomorrow. But yeah, other than the Army-Navy game, not any uh, college football. It's a lot of basketball, men's and women's basketball. Many ways for you to interact with me. Hit me up on X, Twitter, at, um, at TalkBig10, number 10. Don't forget the website, TalkBig10Number10.com, and comments on YouTube as well. Be sure to subscribe before you leave us. If you haven't, just click that little button there and you're in. It's free. It's simple. And you can follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and get the latest episode of Lockdown Big Ten as soon as it becomes available each and every day. And by the way, if you listen on the audio only of this podcast, maybe you're a regular, but maybe you pop in maybe three or four times a week, maybe three or four times a month. Always encourage you, pick up one more, make it a habit. Do it every day. Let our numbers grow. Make us successful. You're, you're part of that as well. Also, Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube called Lockdown Sports Today 24-7. Subscribe to that. You'll enjoy it as well. And uh, you get a great sampling of all the Lockdown products uh, that we have all across the country. In the meantime, have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you for the visit. Can't wait to check you out next time and have you check us out next time. For Lockdown Big Ten, I'm Craig Sheeman.